Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Faith in the Zone, a show about sports and faith and how the two come together in lives being touched. Right now, discover how people in sports walk in faith with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, all this time, you covered Welcome to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern and kind of flying solo this week. Pastor Ken Keltner should be back next week, but we are not without a Keltner. Our special guest, in fact, we have two of them in studio, and I'm excited to see them. Uh, Kevin Keltner is an associate youth pastor at Calvary Baptist Church. I find that very funny, by the way. Uh, Parkertown, New Jersey, Little Egg Harbor Township, and his wife, Becca. Guys, it's good to see you. Kevin, how are you? We're doing great. Thanks for having us on. It's good to be in here in uh, Wisconsin Beautiful in the summer. Beautiful Wisconsin. Yeah, you bet. Becca, it's good to see you, honey. I have to tell you, you have the cutest kids I've ever seen. I would have to agree with you with, on that one. Man, that's awesome. That really is. We, uh, we are blessed to be able to talk to Kevin. Let me give you a little background on Kevin. I've coached basketball 36 years, and I've had some unbelievable basketball players, guys that have gone down to play Division One, Division Two, II, Division III, um, and, and some really good ones. And I was thinking about this as I was driving over to meet with Kevin, and I think that I would put Kevin in the top 10 players, that top 10 of 36 years of coaching. And he's looking at me like, you got to be kidding me. It's faith in the zone, so I have to be honest. Yeah, I have to disagree with you, but that's very nice of you to say that. Well, and, and here's the, the one thing, and we've had this conversation. The one thing that, that um, I wish I could have gotten a little bit more out of you, and that is you always played to the level of the competition. You know, if, if we were playing against a team that was not all that good, you didn't show a whole lot of interest. But when we played against some pretty tough quality players and you got you didn't show you got fired up but you did um that's when I saw the best out of you and and the thing that I I liked the most is you saw the floor really well you defended way better than you think you did and you changed tempo as a player and it was very difficult to defend you because of the way you played and you saw the floor and if I put together an all-star team in that top ten, I would you would be one of the starting five on one of the sides. Now I don't know where my son would be. I know your brother Keith would be in that group. Maybe both boys would be <laughs> yeah, coming yeah. off the bench a little bit. Um, but I, I wish that I would have had you a little bit longer. And I have to tell the story and how we met, if I can. Okay, of course. So my son Matthew is a freshman at Calvary Baptist. I was at Dominican. We lost in the regionals, which was unlike Dominican for the most part. You know, we, we had won back-to-back state championships up at the Kohl Center. 
And because of that, it gave me the opportunity to go up to Green Bay and watch Calvary Baptist play a team from Green Bay in a play-in game to try to get to the, the Christian State Tournament. And the gym was packed, and they asked me to do the book, which was perfect because now I had a place to sit. And there was one seat left in the gym, and I didn't know you. You sat next to me, and a couple of your other guys crowded in. And about midway through the first half, there was a timeout, and you reached over and said, hey, do you remember me? And I said, no, I don't. You said, come on, you don't remember me? I said, no. You said, you called me a hack on the soccer field. I said, yeah, that's right. I know you. You are a hack. You said, no, that wasn't me. That was my buddy. We kind of look alike. And I looked over, and, and it was Matt Pats. Matt, that's who it was. Man, I, I, I He was I, a bruiser. He was a bruiser, and he was a hack on the soccer yeah. field. And you said to me, hey, you know what? I'm moving to, to, uh, to Sussex, but I'm not going to Calvary Baptist. I said, I don't care where you go. Can you play? And you said, oh, I don't know, and kind of being the humble guy, I said, can you shoot it a little bit? You said, oh, that I can do. I can shoot a little bit. I said, who are you rooting for? And you said, well, Calvary Baptist, because we've beaten this Green Bay team three times. We want to beat somebody new. I said, well, good luck with that. And Matthew's team won. We go up to Northland Baptist to your home. Man, three minutes from where you were living. We had a long uh, way to go. up there, yeah. Yeah. And uh, you guys were the number one seed, number one uh, ranked uh, Christian team in the state of Wisconsin. Calvary Baptist walked in; they were the sixth seed, something like that. And uh, I got and got you, man. They beat you. I don't want to bring up. I had just gotten over that memory. Yeah. yeah. And so as I sat, because I was doing the book again, I went, "Ooh, okay, these Keltner boys can play a little bit." So after the game, and you were in tears because this was your last game as a junior because you were moving. And I asked somebody, where, where's the, the Keltner boys? Where's their dad? And they pointed to the top of the bleachers, and your dad was not happy. Pastor Ken. You said you probably heard him all game. He was not happy. And I walked up, you know, just a goofy guy like me, walked up, sat down next to him and said, how you doing? He was like, what? And I said, I'm just uh, checking in. You all right? He goes, who are you? I said, my name is Mike McGivern. I coach uh, in Milwaukee. And he said, my boys are not going to Calvary Baptist. I said, I know that. Your son already told me that. I said, but they're really good, and I might be a good contact for you if they want to play this summer. And he said, you know, the Lord sent you to me. I said, Pastor, the Lord doesn't send guys like me to anybody. <laughs> Pure coincidence, here's my card, called me, and the rest, they say, is history. Because when right. I met him for lunch, first thing I said is, we are not going to Brookside Baptist Church. And he said, great, because my boys are not going to Calvary Baptist. <laughs> and at that moment, the Lord said, okay, boys, you done? You done fooling around? Yeah. Let me show you my will. We go to Brookside Baptist. I, I had the just pure joy of coaching these, these Keltner boys. Kurt wasn't a pure joy the whole time. <laughs> but the other ones, pure joy coaching the Keltner boys at, uh, at Calvary Baptist. And it's so good to, to, to have you back in town for a few days. Where are you guys living now? Kevin. We live in Little Lake Harbor, New Jersey. So this church at Calvary Baptist, you've been there for how long? We've been there since last year, April, so a little over a year. Becca, how did you guys meet? Uh, we met in college. We met in college. At? Lancaster Bible College. Lan Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Yep. In fact, I've got an article that we're going to talk about a little bit later. I'm a little surprised I didn't get mentioned in it, but we'll talk a little bit. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, the Keltner boys all playing basketball together. Um, Kevin, when when you went to to, to Lancaster, um, uh, you all four of you went there, correct? Kyle went there first. No, me and Kyle went at the same time. You yeah, guys he went transferred in. Okay, and then Keith came, then Kurt came, yep. and uh, 
fun playing basketball on the same floor with your your brothers, right? Most of the time. Yeah. 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 Not all the time. It made things fun. You know, you guys picked on Kurt a lot. You, we picked uh, on all of us a lot. Yeah, yeah. You you guys don't individually pick on that boy anymore. No, no, not at all. He's he's uh he's bigger than all of us. Yeah, so. and he is even if he, we ganged up on him, I don't think we could take him. You throw me in there, I'd say no. Uh uh-uh. <laughs> he's an army ranger and he uh I'm awfully proud of him. Keith is doing great. Right, Kyle's doing great, and yeah. really proud of you guys uh, a lot. When when you went to Lancaster, did you know what you wanted to do with your life when you went there? I did. Yeah, uh, in high school, uh, I felt like God was calling me to do something with ministry. I didn't know what that was, but uh, I always just thought how fortunate I was. I had, you know, a very godly father that set such a great example and was, you know, able to. Uh, mold and shape helped shape my life as I was growing up and I had coaches you know yourself being one of them I had youth pastors teachers people you know helping me along the way and even with all of that you know those teenage years are so difficult and I saw so many of my friends that didn't have people like that in their life and, and where they kind of were going off the path and I said I think I want to work with with high school age kids because uh, it, it's so needed do you know they and your dad says this more than anybody when you when you're the son or the daughter of a pastor you either get behind the pulpit or, or you end up in jail and and he's and he said look there's a lot of stories that I could tell you about this now you the Keltner boys look you guys were not these uh, angels that you know you guys got after <laughs> some a people bit. thought we were <laughs> really yeah I don't know who they I, were but, I don't you know. either because I've never met they didn't know us well. I've never met them <laughs> look on an individual basis yeah a little bit but when you guys got together especially with with guys like Nate Amac you know oh, yeah. he would drive you around as you did some things that that made me laugh a little bit didn't make my wife laugh all I can't the time. confirm or deny anything really because I Nate chased Amac. your car and, and, and caught you. <laughs> Yeah. I didn't even know we had a bad getaway driver. You had a, yeah, he. You know what? He was trying to follow the speed limit, which good for him. After you threw t- toilet paper all over my house, <laughs> right. and uh, I thought, oh boy, this uh, these Keltners. I good. You know what? Good for them because they, you know, they are not these, you know, these kids that are are never going to be curious to 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 you know find out a little bit about some of the stuff. Not to the not to the uh, obviously the limit where some of these kids are going. And I love the fact that you have followed in your father's footsteps. Look, when we do Faith in Zoner, I sit and have lunch with 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 your dad, and he talks about the days of being a youth pastor. I believe that those are the days that he loved what he does the most. Yeah, I, I, I believe think he, that he's always loved. You know, where wherever God's had him, some places more than others, but he just loves pouring into people and, and making those relationships and, and being able to invest in other people like that. And he loved doing that with teenagers. He did. Fun. And he found that, I think he found that um, that's where he was having the most impact. And I think he was really good at it. Look, we can't, we can't go to a restaurant with him without him trying to meet people from the waitress to the waiter, to the people sitting next to us. He's that kind of guy and he will try to connect with everybody. Do you have that in you? Uh, I would say I'm not quite as outgoing as him, but but yeah, I try to be. And I don't know if he was when he was your age. I, I don't know because I didn't know him then. I think it's maybe something that that he developed during the years that 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 he was in Colorado. I think you know he 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 talks about his father, 
um, and your grandfather, that he was the one who, who really had a big impact on him growing up. And so it's so good to hear you say that that part is, has, has really, you know, it has affected you on your walk and, and how it's affected your life professionally and personally. And he'll be happy to, to, to hear that. Becca, can we talk about your, your upbringing? Where did you grow up? I grew up in Coopersburg, Pennsylvania. Okay. Did, was Lancaster a place that you always thought that you would go? No, I actually did not even want to go to college, but my parents kind of made it an option. Either um, I was going to go to college or I was going to have to work, and I didn't want to work, so I ended up going to college. You know, the Lord puts you there, right? Yep. I mean, you realize that. Did you grow up in, in, in a home with, with a strong faith? I did. Yep. Both my parents are strong believers. Boy, that, um, you know, doing faith in the zone, it's interesting because we will talk to uh, a lot of people. And, and for me and, and for your dad, first-generation Christians are on fire and a little upset because they didn't, nobody, nobody was there for them. And all of a sudden, they're like, why didn't I know about this? And people that, um, I envy people that figured out what you guys figured out at an early age because I did not. I did not. It took me a long time, and I'm 100% Irish, so I'm a little stubborn on some of this stuff. But I envy people that have turned their life over to the Lord and and have strong testimonies from an early age. And we're going to get into your testimonies. And, Becca, thank you so much for – you walked in and said, look, I'm just going to be here. I'm not talking. And I said, no. If, if well, you're I, don't, I don't know if you knew this. Becca might be the best athlete in the room. She was All-American soccer. Well, we're going to get to that. <laughs> I did not know that. And you know what? I maybe she's a better athlete than you, but she, me. I think if, if, if I our would kids turn her. out we'll to be go good to athletes, lot, right? it's all her. I love talking smack, nutmeg. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, let's get to a break. Other side of the break, we're going to continue our conversation. Kevin Keltner, associate youth pastor at Calvary Baptist Church, Little Egg Harbor Township, New Jersey. His wife Becca, and I wish they would have brought their kids. Two of the most beautiful children I have ever seen. We'll get to, uh, to their testimony on the other side of the break. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. More now of Faith in the Zone, discovering people of sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Brookside Baptist Church. Back with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time. Covered me. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern, kind of flying solo this week. Pastor Ken Keltner from Brookside Baptist Church will be back, uh, I believe, next week. Our special guest, Kevin Keltner, his uh, second oldest. Right? Is that how you say that? Number two. Number two. Associate Youth Pastor at Calvary Baptist Church in Little Egg Harbor Township in New Jersey, and his wife, All-American, Becca <laughs> Keltner. We found that out at the end of uh, uh, the last segment. Becca, you kind of like shook your head, said, look, it was Division Three, but you're an All-American soccer player, uh, so congratulations on that. I didn't know that. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yes. Were you a, a multi-sport athlete in high school? Um, in high school, yeah, but... Primarily, I was always soccer, and then in college, I did two years of lacrosse also. You did? did so lacrosse is a little tougher sport, right? Yeah, I didn't like it as much. Soccer is definitely my though. sport. Yeah? Yeah. Hey, um, how involved are you uh, at Calvary Baptist Church? Because I, I know that Kevin also does some some coaching on the side, but as a youth pastor, it's you guys are together on this, correct? Yeah. 
Do, okay. I mean, do you, do you get involved with, with the activities and do you get involved with a lot of stuff that they do? As much as I can. I mean, we have a two-year-old and a one-year-old, so I'm pretty busy at home. But right. um, Wednesday nights we have youth group and I'm able to be a part of that. I help lead a small group. Um, our kids are able to go to the nursery and I, I try to be at as much as I can, but it's kind of hard in the stage of life we're at. Right. So. Well, you know what? Good for you, though, because at least that you know that it's a partnership with you guys together, whether you're physically there or not. I, I think that that's really important. How did you get to Calvary Baptist in, in New Jersey, Kevin? Uh, that was that was pretty much Becca, too. I mean, obviously, the Lord is at work in all of these things. Uh, I was working construction in Lancaster with some Amish guys and, uh, you know, enjoying it. Knew that's probably not what I want to do forever, but I was learning a skill and uh, making a living. And Becca had looked on uh, LBC, where we went to school, had a job board for alumni, found a church out in New Jersey. We both said, nah, I don't know about New Jersey. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, that's where we ended up going out there and having some interviews, going out for a visit. Uh, really fell in love with the people out there and felt like this is a place that God has for us. You know, I, I listened to your pastor. I listened to one of his uh, um, sermons today before you guys got here. And uh, I could... I would if I lived in that area, I'd go and listen to him. Yeah, he was. It was really good. Yeah, yeah, he's a very good speaker. Good soccer player. Yeah, really good soccer player. He will not tell you that. Uh, you'd have to find it out from somebody else, as I did. But yeah, he, he was a very good player. Hey, what did you learn um, in your in your, when you were that age, and and you guys were up in at Pembine, right? Oh, in yeah. that area, yeah, up in the up, woods. Up in the woods. What did you learn from your time in in church? on how to be a youth pastor. Do you know what, as, as a basketball coach, I steal everything. I right, haven't come right. up with anything in my entire life. So I would think as a youth pastor, you start to reflect on some of the things that you went through and you learned, and Becca learned, on how to reach kids at that age, because it's a difficult age to reach kids. Oh, yeah. I think it's funny. You're not, you know, when you're in high school and going through it, you don't, you're not sitting down with a notepad saying, what can I learn from my youth pastor? But you know, you, you pick up all kinds of things as you're going through that, the ways that they're, you know, conversations that you have or the, the trips that they're planning or uh, lessons that they're teaching. And then you kind of, I've gotten to that place and I've looked back and learned so much just by looking back on youth pastors that, and even coaches and teachers that I had growing up and saying, wow, this is, okay, this is why they were doing that. And a lot of times I feel bad for the way that I sure. treated them or handled <laughs> them or, you know, the things that I put them through, uh, but, you know, learn a lot from their example in that. What's interesting, on, uh, there was a Division three basketball coach that was on Faith in the Zone. I Actually, a uh, Division one football coach. I'm going to go get to this Division three <laughs> basketball coach. Division one football coach uh, from Eastern Michigan University. And I said, hey, the kids have really changed, you know, over the years, don't you think? And he said, uh, no, not at all. And he caught me. I said, really? What? Really? He said, look, here's what I think. He said, I was a Division one college football coach at the age of 28. I was young and I was cool. So I was single. I was I, not too far removed from playing football. And he said, now I'm 44. I'm married. I have three kids. All I want to do is get out of practice, go home and see my kids. They haven't changed at all. I've changed. We've changed. Coach, you have changed. You've gotten a little bit older. He said, they're still doing the knucklehead things that I did when I was a freshman in college. The difference is they posted everywhere. Right. He goes, so you're finding out. You think these kids have changed? Look at the stuff they're actually doing and ask yourself, did you do the same stuff when you were a sophomore in high school? And I thought, man, he's right. 
they haven't changed at all. We've changed. Do you find that, you know, you're still a young guy, but now you're a father of two. Do you find that that kids are still the same? Oh, yeah. I mean, I we, we say all the time, you know, kids are, these kids are so weird now. But then, you know, we get talking about it and we're like, yeah, we, we did. Okay, some of the things that we were into, okay, yeah, we were pretty weird too. Yeah, <laughs> and you know what? And doing the same stuff, I think, that, that we were. Becca, do you find that as well? Uh, yeah, definitely. But I also think that there is differences, especially the fact that just the things that they face these days. Um, I don't know, just how open the culture has become. I do think that they face much more difficult things at an early age, like earlier than we ever had to deal with it. Yeah, more pressure, I guess, with with appearance and, you know, how you're coming across on social media. You, anybody can access you at any time. You know, when you, if you didn't get along with people, you know, when I was growing up, you could just go home and you'd be away from them. But now they're always online and anybody can say anything about you. Do you find that that kids um, in, in how big is the youth group, Kevin, that you have? Probably between 40 and 50. Okay, so a lot that, that's a big youth group. Yeah, it's good size. It's an and it's a nice looking church. I love the gymnasium. Oh yeah, there. the gym's great. It's, yeah, it's I could hit for... some jumpers on that hoop. I, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. As long as there's no defense. Yeah, if, if I'm out there on my own or you're guarding me, I could hit jumpers. But <laughs> I think if Kurt or uh, Kyle, I might be able to get. I know Kyle could defend a little bit. Keith would just elbow me and make me cry a <laughs> yeah, little bit. Yeah, exactly. Um, but the so forty or fifty kids. Do you feel? And Becca, I'm going to ask you this as well. Do you feel um, a lot of pressure uh, to, to 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 have these kids walk worthy? Uh, well, we've been very blessed, really. I mean, we inherited a, a church and a group that was very solid. That had a lot of good spiritual leaders in the teen group already. We have great. Uh, adult youth leaders uh, that do a lot. And so uh, there's kind of that expect, there's a high expectation for them, not just, hey, they're teens, they're, you know, we can't stand them, take them down to their right. corner of the church. No, they get involved. I mean, they, they're they serving on, if you come in on a Sunday morning, you'll see our teens serving all over the church in the music, in the nursery, in the kids' church, in the sound booth. They're doing everything. And so uh, there is a little bit of that pressure, um, but we understand, We I, I can't, reach 50 kids at once so i have youth leaders and i have a few that i can reach and then you know just trying to encourage and and every uh, word that's spoken god can use in their life uh to work and to uh grow that seed becca same same question um and 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 again your husband's he is the pastor of this youth group and and do, do you feel um pressure for him or as part of this to for these kids to to walk worthy yeah, absolutely. I mean, it seems sometimes there's always a little bit of pressure. You want them to walk the right way. And if they don't, um, and it's a very involved youth group, we've had situations already where the parents have come to us for advice, like whether they found out something about our kids and they're coming to us. And, you know, we do feel that responsibility, like it kind of falls on us because we're the ones shepherding them. But um, I mean, ultimately, we just trust it in the Lord's hands and we can only do so much. And yeah. You know, as a as a coach and and your coach as well, you know you feel that you oh, yeah. feel that as well, and you and you feel like, you know, you're, you're doing everything that you can, and 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 for that year, these are your kids as well. And when one strays and one gets in, and look, it's not trouble where they're shooting spitballs, or they, you know, they miss a practice. You're, I, I'm talking about much deeper and things that that, and over the years this has happened. I feel a tremendous amount of responsibility and guilt 
with some of that. Much more than the kids that go on and have a great, you know, go to college and now fathers and good fathers and and talk about the Lord and and come back and say, hey, Coach, you really helped me here in this in in this part of my life. I, I, you know, I'm happy with that, but it's the ones that that go the other way that still to this day, you know, in my gut, I think, boy, did could I have done a better job of directing this young man? Did I not give him enough time? Did I not talk about this? The time I, you know, one of the times I gave him a ride home, and oh, yeah. I think that that's I totally get that. I mean, the more that you sacrifice, the more investment, the closer that you get. I mean, you you care about people, and when you see. Uh, especially people that are younger that you maybe have more of a mentor relationship with and they do things, uh, it hurts. And, you know, we've had those uh, sleepless nights thinking through, you know, what could we have done differently? But, you know, like Becca said, at the end of the day, um, the Lord has it under control. Uh, He's going to change that heart and turn that kid around better than anything I'm going to say to them. Do do you, um, first of all, and we're going to get to a quick break, do you look at, at the future? Did you look and say, hey, look, I think this is where the Lord wants me, and I'm gonna, I am gonna—I want to be a youth pastor for a really long time. Did, are you gaining some some confidence and, and knowledge that you may one day want to run your own church and be a head pastor? I was just thinking how we could really throw my uh, Pastor Mike off by saying, you know, we're planning to leave or something. But uh, no, we won't do that to him. Over his job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that no, would, no yeah. thank you. Uh, I think that, we're, we're just so happy where God has us, and we just see the opportunities for ministry. Uh, we don't, you know, we've, we've came here uh, to Little Lake Harbor just planning to be here until God moves us. Right. And, you know, if he does that someday, we've always been open to overseas missions, going somewhere where, you know, the gospel's needed. But we are so happy at the church that we're at and see the need and see the opportunities there. You've done a lot of that where yeah. you've gone overseas. Becca, oh, yeah. have you done that as well? I have, but not as much as Kevin. Yeah, where where have you gone? I've been to Mexico and to Spain and then Puerto Rico. We just took our youth group in July. You did? Yeah. How did how did that go? Good? Good, yeah, really, really good to lead our first trip together. And and okay. in, in the Puerto Rico, was that post-hurricane? Oh, yeah, that was post-hurricane. So you were there... So- yeah, we went down to help with the relief, and uh, I think it was very impactful for our kids. I know they wanted to because you know we're from the you know the shore, sure. uh, Jersey Shore over there, and a lot of them were affected by Hurricane Sandy when it came through, and they know what it's like, and so they had a heart for it, and we were able to go down and work with a church and a rescue mission and do a lot to help. I mean, there, there's just so many continued effects, you know. Power and water is getting back there, but right. you had businesses close. You had people lose jobs. You had people leave, and so there's lots of holes left there. Man, that's uh, that's awesome. I know that you always had a heart for that, and uh, um, good for you guys. Hey, let's get to a break. I promise we're gonna. I'm gonna ask you about your testimony um, because that's a big part of what we do on Faith in the Zone, and we'll do that on the other side of the break. Our special guests this week, Kevin Keltner. He is uh, Pastor Ken's son. A second oldest, he's associate youth pastor at Calvary Baptist Church in Little Egg Harbor Township, and his wife Becca are our our, our, our special guests for this week in Faith in the Zone. I do. Uh, I'm a wordsmith. Can you tell? This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone, an inside look at people in sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Sorens Ford of Brookfield. 
Here's host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. On this time, you covered me. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern, kind of flying solo this week. Pastor Ken Keltner from Brookside Baptist Church will be back next week. Our special guests, Kevin Keltner. He is uh, one of the Keltner boys, associate youth pastor, Calvary Baptist Church in Little Egg Harbor Township, New Jersey, and his wife, Becca. Becca, I'm going to start with you if I can. Um, the, a big part of Faith in the Zone, we like to talk a little, have some fun, talk a little smack, like me saying I would nut my, nut, nutmeg you if we went in the parking lot. And uh, <laughs> if, if people that don't know what that means, that means that we're going to play a little soccer and I'm going to be able to just knock the ball and and, and, uh, and be able to beat her. And, and let's be honest, I can't do that to anybody. <laughs> That's not happening. That's not going to happen. Uh, plus, you're very competitive from what I hear, which is good. Good for you. <laughs> um, you're, if we can talk about your testimony and... and uh, where, where that began for you? Yeah. So I was raised in a Christian home. Both my parents are strong believers. Um, I'm the youngest of four kids. Um, and for me, I mean, I always heard it growing up. And I would say probably, I think it was, it's hard to say exactly when I gave my life to the Lord, but I think it was at a VBS when I was around eight or nine years old. Um, I just remember they were talking about heaven and hell. And I, at that point, I just knew, like, well, I don't want to go to hell, so right. I'm gonna, I want to go to heaven. So, you know, I, um, I confessed that I was a sinner, and I asked the Lord to just forgive me of my sins, and I admitted everything, and um, I trusted in the the work that He had done for me on the cross of God sending His Son for me. So that was, I think, like a pivotal point in my life. But I was still pretty young, and I would say that there was still a lot of ups and downs. I never was a kid who rebelled a ton or got into a lot of trouble. Um, But I did struggle a little bit with um, just like, uh, I don't know exactly how to say it, but yeah, just depression, I guess. Um, And so that was like a big part of my teenage years. And I knew that the Lord was there, but I still struggled struggled with those things. And it wasn't until um, my junior year, I transferred out of the big public school and I went to a small Christian school um, where I met my one teacher, uh, Mrs. Tatero. And, you know, she just really invested in my life. And I would say that is when I really just turned my life over to the Lord. It, I knew that it was real. It's what I wanted to follow. Um, and yeah, I would say that my testimony is filled with defining moments of the Lord just placing the right people in my life at the right time. So there was that. And then once I went to, she was the one who encouraged me to go to Lancaster Bible College. I had never thought to go to a Christian school before that because my parents both went to a state school and I was pretty sure I was going to go there. Um, so anyway, then at Lancaster Bible College, my sophomore year, I met Anna Beers, <clears throat> who her husband is now the vice president of Lancaster That's Bible a good College. Man. Yes. Really good man. Yep. So I actually originally talked to her because I needed some relationship advice with Kevin (laughs) at the time. Um, But that just grew into such like such an awesome relationship. She's still my closest friend. um, And she just has always been one to really encourage me to encourage me in my faith with the Lord. Man, thank you for that. I look, pastor says it. And and I I talk about it a lot that the, the favorite part for me on Faith in the Zone is stories like that. And they never get old. And everybody has a different story. And I do envy the fact that 
that you figured it out as young as you were. And there's nobody happier that you went to Lancaster than the guy sitting between us. <laughs> That's right. Because you know what? He Look, he outkicked his coverage, and he knows that. And I love the fact that he can join that club. I'm the president of the club. Um, but certainly, uh, uh, Becca, thank you so much for, for that. Kevin, um, y- your testimony, and, and again, with, with Pastor Ken and, and Kathy, your mom, as head of the household, I, when you moved to Sussex, we were over at your house quite a bit. Oh, yeah. So I know what, what it was like when you were a, a junior in high school, but prior to that, and, and if I can ask when you fully accepted. Yeah, sure. And I, it's funny that you say you envy uh, you know, our story and how we found that at a young age. I, I grew up uh, hearing people's testimony in church and you know, just these miraculous transformations that God was able to do in their life. And I thought, you know, I wasn't really that bad. Uh, before, you know, I was, you know, I think, you know, growing up, uh, I heard, you know, we were in church all of the time. I mean, we were the ones locking up usually. You bet. And, you know, having things emphasized uh, at home, the Bible clearly taught to us. Um, but there there comes a point where, uh, like Romans 10 says, you know, if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord uh, and that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. And I remember the time that I think that finally sunk into the fact that, you know, I really understood, okay, this is uh, something that I've grown up knowing. It's something that my my parents hold dearly, but I have to make it my own. And uh, I don't even remember the guy's name. I think he was an intern at our church. You know, that's, you know, just how God can use everybody. And he uh, just shared the gospel, uh, talking about, you know, one day we are going to die and we are either going to go to heaven or hell. And that really got me thinking and uh, I was able to ask my mom more questions about that. You know, she, just like she had done so many times before, flipped open the Bible, showed me how uh, Jesus teaches, how he's the way, the truth, the life, um, and that we can come to the Father. Our sins can be forgiven through him. And I remember, you know, confessing to him, I, I, you know, I, I might not be that bad, but according to the Bible, man, spiritually, I am right. dead. Yeah. And uh, I'm an enemy of God and deserving of his wrath and because Jesus loved us, he came, and uh, he, he made it possible he, to trade uh, our sins for his righteousness on the cross. And I put my faith in him and just, you know, been it's up and down with the fellowship with the Lord, but, but continually growing in him. Boy, I, I, uh, I know that your mom and dad would be listening to the show, and if your dad was in studio, um, he would have tears in his eyes as well. So thank you for that. Uh, uh, really important, I think, for people to understand. I, when I say I envy you, it's, it's interesting, Kevin, because I get asked to go come out and speak um, now at, at some, some churches uh, for, for, like, men's stakeout and things like that. Yeah. And in the beginning, I said, absolutely not. I have, I have absolutely no interest. I'm embarrassed about what I was prior. And your dad convinced me to come to Brookside for a men's stakeout. He said, look, everybody knows you here. It's... Well, then, you know, there's a lot of guys that come in that aren't part of the church, and I didn't get up and, and give my testimony. And, again, it was my son was there, my son-in-law, my wife was was serving because she wanted to be there, and it was really difficult. It was embarrassing. I was embarrassed. And I got done, and I thought, I will, Lord, I'll never do this again. I appreciate the, the, uh, the chance to do this. I'll never do this again. And a guy came up to me at Brookside. And he said, wow, that was powerful. I said, thanks. I, you know, I'm glad you were here because you'll never get a chance to, to hear that again. He said, really? I said, no, it's, it's embarrassing. 
And he said, boy, can I tell you something? I said, sure. He goes, when some of the pastors get up and talk, they can't talk to me. Mm-hmm. He said, I'm a guy who's drinking and drugging right now. I got I, My brother-in-law dragged me here because there was a free meal. They can't talk to me. You can talk to me. You know exactly where I'm at right, right now. Oh, yeah. And I thought, you got to be kidding me. Don't tell me this. I don't want to hear this. <laughs> yeah. So every time I get a chance to go out and do this, that's what I think in my head. Like, there's going to be somebody here that these guys hear that the worst thing they ever do is steal a candy bar. Can't talk to them. They can't have that conversation where the guy says, well, what were you like and what was it like for you when, when you were doing this? Must have been how the Apostle Paul felt at times, you know, but he's able to say, my only boast is Christ. Right. And, and correct. And and to this day, it's, you know, when I go out there, it's, man, I when I'm driving over there, I feel like I'm going to throw up, not because I'm afraid to get up and speak, because, you know, that I'm 100% Irish, <laughs> I don't care about yeah, yeah. that, but to talk about and, and to fully open, you know, full that curtain back and say, look, you may have known me here, but you didn't know what I was doing. You didn't know what I was going through. And so, yeah, it's it's it, thank you so much for, for your testimony, the fact that that you're able to lead these these kids at Calvary Baptist Church in in New Jersey. I just think, you know, how wonderful it must be for these kids to be able to come to you and say, "Hey, look, I've got some issues. Let's talk about them." And for you to be able to say, "Excellent." And and Becca, for you to to be open enough to say, "Look, I you know, I I struggled here a little bit in high school, and here's what I was going through, and what made the difference was this. To get out of that public school, where maybe I didn't, I didn't really belong to go to a Christian school and be around like-minded kids. Mm-hmm. You know, Matthew, I was coaching at Dominican at the time when he was a freshman, and he came home. He, he I had his the whole map. It was his. He was going to Dominican. He's going to play freshman JV, and indeed middle of JV is going to come up on the varsity. And and he said, I want to go to Calvary Baptist as an eighth grader. And I was like, why? And he said, I want to surround myself with kids that have similar beliefs. Mm-hmm. And as a basketball coach, I said, do they have a team? But as a father, I was like, you know what? Good for him. So, guys, let's get to a break. Other side of the break, we'll continue our conversation, and we'll wrap this show up. It's just a really fun show for me to do. Special guest, Kevin Keltner, an associate youth pastor at Calvary Baptist Church in Little Egg Harbor Township, New Jersey. His wife, Becca, obviously very involved in uh, not only Kevin's life, but the, the life of these kids at this church. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Back to Faith in the Zone, a journey on how people in sports walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Fallon Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Here's host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, all this time, you covered me. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern. Our special guest this week, Kevin Keltner and his wife, Becca. They are from Calvary Baptist Church, Little Egg Harbor Township in New Jersey. And uh, Kevin is the son of, of my co-host, Pastor Ken Keltner. Hey, th- this Faith in the Zone, and we, we've had this conversation, um, but it's been going on three and a half years now. And I think the radio station thought, okay, you know what, McGivern, get you, we'll get you off our back. You'll do it six months and and the show will end. But I get it's it's getting bigger and bigger with the amount of people that reach out, not only here in southeast Wisconsin, 
but throughout the country because we have guys from all over the country that then go to the podcast, faithinzone.com, and start having other people listen. There is a Division three basketball coach uh, in Indiana that had a huge impact on on this for me, and i got to tell you this, this story. And I've told it on Faith in the Zone, but, but not to you. He was telling me that in the locker room, he was really good, talking about his faith, to his coaching staff and to his players. He said, boy, I was good. You know what? Really comfortable. And each year we get new players, and I would get up on that mountaintop. And as soon as I walked out of the locker room, I really struggled. And he said, and I took some evangelistic classes at church. I read some books. I just... I was never comfortable. And then I read, read a book called I'm Not a Fan. Mm-hmm. And he said, I spent the extra $3 for the little bracelet that says I'm not a fan. And he was in a grocery store in Indiana. And woman walked up and said, who aren't you a fan of? And he said, I'm not a fan of Jesus Christ. And she said, what? And he said, I'm not a fan because fans sit on the sidelines. I'm a follower. Can I tell you about it? Mm-hmm. And he said, all this work I did, I thought... And $3, a $3 yeah. bracelet has opened more doors for me than anything that I've ever done. So a question for you, for both of you guys, because, again, you're an All-American soccer player. <laughs> Comfortable in the locker room, in, in, in your group um, at church. Comfortable outside of the locker room to talk about your faith as well, Kevin? Yeah, I think that was one of the things that, um, you know, is is a – just a burden that you feel, you know, that it's a privilege, it's a responsibility. You know, at times you get scared to do that. Um, my dad is, is such a good example of somebody that's very outspoken with his faith and always looking for opportunities to talk to somebody about Jesus. Um, you know, I, I'm kind of at the point now where I, I'm a pastor. And right. so, you know, I meet people and, you know, automatically that comes up and, you know, some, sometimes people kind of shrink back and they don't want to talk to you about things. But, uh, you know, Pastor Mike at our church, he always says that, you know, people expect you to, to talk about God, to pray with them, to open up the Bible. That's You don't need to be worried about it. I mean, it's, it's expected. You're a pastor. Right. Yeah. yeah, especially if they say, so what do you do for a living? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always have a couple uh, of ways to approach that question. So it depends how, you know, how I'm feeling for the day, if I'm going to say things like I'm a, uh, a pastor at a Baptist church. Oh, because that gets people to run sometimes. Oh, uh, yeah, there it? you go. Yeah, especially in, I don't know about New Jersey, but that's not the Bible belt, I'll tell you, right? No, it's definitely not. It is not. <laughs> um, how about, Becca, how about you? Have you always been comfortable? Are you comfortable now uh, talking to people about your faith? Yeah, I would say um, I definitely have always grown up with that. And in some ways, I think it was easier when I was younger. I wasn't, I don't know, I was never like really fearful of my peers for whatever reason. I think God just instilled that in me. Um, and I think the older I get and the more I learn, sometimes I start to like, you start to doubt or question, which it's it's healthy and it's normal. Um, but yeah, I mean, I definitely feel comfortable sharing my faith. Sometimes I wish I had more opportunities, but that's just to say that, you know, you really do have to be praying that God will, will give you people in your life that you can be witnessing to. But yeah, I definitely would say I'm comfortable with that. Good, good for you guys, because it's it's a difficult thing to do. I had a conversation with a guy not too long ago. And he said, hey, I'm, I'm an atheist. I said, really? So you read the whole Bible? And he said, well, no. And I said, well, I don't know if you can consider yourself an atheist if you don't know what's in the Bible. He said, look, I, you know what? I know you do that show, Faith in the Zone, but I, I don't believe in any of that. And I said, well, let, you know what? Let's, let's talk about that. And I said, let's say you're right. Let's say that we die and that's the end of it. Mm-hmm. No harm, no foul. The only thing that happened is I think I've become a better father a better husband, a better friend, maybe a better coach, 
I, I, I've, I've become better at that because of this. Mm-hmm. And now let's turn around and say that I'm right. Uh-oh, right? Mm-hmm. And he goes, oh, yeah. well, what? And I said, let's say I'm right. And let's say that you need to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior to get to heaven. And if I don't tell you about this, and you don't, you don't believe, and then you die and you go to hell, this, you know, I'm going to feel like maybe it's not me, so let, I want to talk to you about it. And he said, no. I said, all I want you to do is think about this. If you're right, no harm, no foul. But if I'm right, you don't want to yeah, end up there, right? Eternity at stake. Right. And so th- th- that's the burden that I feel for, for people not only that, that I used to hang out with and people that knew me back then that I think, boy, I hope somebody is talking to these guys, people I work with, people I coach, people I live next door to. There's a guy I live next door to that I, I, I every, you know what, I'll see him and, and he's an older guy and he gets after a little bit and there are times that I'll see him at noon and, and he's been drinking quite a bit and I'll say, Brian, I'm beeping on Sunday. I'm beeping. I want you to come to Brookside Baptist Church with me. And he goes, you keep beeping, and you stay there. I'm not coming out. And then one day he said, where is that? So he didn't open the door and say, I'm coming with you. But he said, where is that church? Which is, I think, that first step of him maybe saying, who knows? Maybe I'll come with you one day. But I encourage these guys to come sit with me. And I say, hey, look, Pastor Ken goes a little long, but he's a Baptist minister, and that's what he does. By the way, you haven't heard him preach for a while, right? I heard him this morning. You heard yeah. it? He was good today, wasn't he? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, it was great. He, You know what? There, there has been a burden lifted off of him, and I don't know if you can feel it or see it, but, man, he's been on fire for about seven months now to the point that he's really getting after it, and I have people coming up to me saying, hey, you know what? The way he's preaching right now is the way I always knew he would he would preach, and, and uh, I'm really proud of him. He he is uh, he is really loved at the people at Brookside Baptist Church. I, I'm just the valet guy now. That's How'd right. How'd that go for you today, by the way? Not so good. Am I able to share that on your radio <laughs> yeah. show here? We, yeah, I think I'm getting yeah. fired. I mean, I got. Oh, I don't think you're getting off that easy. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I I heard that that uh, Mike McGivern was our valet Parker, so of course I wanted to utilize those services. And Thank after you. he. After he did a couple donuts with somebody's Thunderbird, he, he came over and I, I gave him the keys, you know, and then he, he brought them back into me and I wasn't really paying attention, I guess. I go back out after the service and I'm trying to unlock the car and it's not working. And I start hitting the lock button and sure enough, I hear a horn beeping and it's, it's that yellow Thunderbird. And Pastor Hoffman's <laughs> wife, and I, I, you know what he sent? Uh, I'm so sorry. And and I, I in fact, I texted your mom and said, you know, maybe... Uh, Maybe it's time that, that that Pastor Keith fires me. Never actually been fired before, and and she's absolutely not. I wanted the Thunderbird. You know what you did? Yeah, was exactly. perfect. But but I don't get to park many cars there. I don't think people trust me. But being there in case somebody needs me, I'll put a uh, plug out for you on this show. Make sure you get your your car valet parked. Put, put yeah, Mike McGivern to work on Sunday morning. Make sure yeah, you, please do. Please sure double you, check your keys. I couldn't believe that, and and, and man, I I apologize for doing that, guys. This 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 flew by. I never even got to get to the article about you and your brothers playing at Lancaster Bible, um, but it was a really good article. Uh, Kyle and, and Keith. How's Keith doing? Good? Keith's doing well, yeah. He's out at a church in Ohio. Kyle's doing good? Kyle's good. He's coaching soccer. Man, that's perfect. And and Kurt, like we said, is uh, we're going to all work for him one day, so like, we got to be nice to him, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's protecting us. He's in Germany? Yeah, Germany. And that's awesome. Beck, it's good to see you again. You too. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Kevin, I, I think the world of you, and I'm really proud of you 
I, I can I still just call you Kevin, or I have to call you Pastor Kevin? Now? Please just call me Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> Again, one of the uh, the finest basketball players I've ever coached, and it's it's good to see that that he is uh, is really um, ingrained in 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 Calvary Baptist Church in New Jersey, and he is uh, he's helping the he's the youth pastor there, and and I love the fact that he's doing that with his life. Guys, thank you much, so much. Safe travels as you head back to New Jersey. Yeah, thank you so much for having us on. It was a pleasure. You bet. Thank you. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. You've been listening to Faith in the Zone with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner. You can hear Faith in the Zone every Sunday at 8 a.m. To find past shows, exclusive podcasts, or to contribute with an inside tip for a guest, simply go to faithinthezone.com. Faith in the Zone is an inside look at people of sports and their walk in faith. Join us again next Sunday for Faith in the Zone, right here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Was it really amazing grace? Now I know for certain, Lord, it was you that rescued me. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fees 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. See T-Mobile.com.